0: Well, hello, everybody. We just want to thank you so much for tuning in to the Gregorich Ministries podcast today. And we have a very special guest, one of my very good friends, Timo Anzolone. And tell me, did I pronounce that right? Or is it very close? You sounded Italian. <laughs> man, Timo has been a great friend of mine uh, for probably, I think it's been seven years ago that we met when we were at uh, Bible College. And man, we had some amazing times together. Um, some great conversation. And so I wanted to invite him on because I know he's doing some amazing things all around the world and in many different languages. And Timo, you had told me recently, but just for everybody to know, how many languages is it that you now speak?
1: Uh, I now speak six languages. So uh, I'm not fluent in all of them, but almost, almost.
0: Yeah, but I just saw. I mean, recently you had just posted that you had spoke, you had preached in Spanish. Did you have the opportunity to do that already?
1: Yeah, that was uh, last Tuesday at a at a prayer meeting.
0: Yeah, how did it go? (laughs) (laughs) Did it go pretty well? You felt comfortable and
1: felt very fluent.
0: And yeah, yeah, I,
1: I was surprised myself.
0: So so, and your your wife is from Spain. Is that correct?
1: Yes, she is uh, born and raised in
0: Spain, yes. And so you've got some real passion or unction to get behind that language and speak Spanish even better. There's a purpose behind it. And just for people that that don't know you, just kind of explain the the different, or let us know what the different languages are that you do speak.
1: So I was born in Belgium uh, with a Dutch mother and a Sicilian father. And so from a young age, I learned French because of living in Belgium, then Dutch because of my uh, upbringing in school over there, and then uh, learned English because that was the church's language. And then we moved to Switzerland as a family. I learned Italian. I learned German. And now since uh, I started dating my wife and, uh, and getting married to her, I speak Spanish.
0: So... Man, that's amazing. And just the fact that, you know, it's inspiring to people, especially for myself. My wife is from Brazil. She speaks Portuguese and English is the only language I know. And so just being able to see, okay, this guy speaks so many different languages. So that gives me no excuse to not be able to speak at least one more. So, you know, I'm purposing in my heart to learn portuguese and to speak portuguese and maybe who knows maybe one day you'll speak portuguese too and just add it to one of the other languages you already know and speak man
1: why not why not
0: (laughs) might as well right (laughs) we got here why not (laughs) well i you know just for people to know i i met timo while we were at bible school and you know he has a passion Not only for Jesus, but for people and to also see people operate just in the same way that Jesus operates because that's available to all of us. And, you know, something that I believe that as a Christian we should do is not to um, live less than what's been provided to us. And, you know, Timo, I had a question for you because I know your parents, they're pastors in Italy. Is that correct? Or where's their church?
1: They're pastors in Switzerland, but right Switzerland. on. The- okay, so super close.
0: Yeah, gotcha. And so you, you probably grew up as a pastor's kid, or as you know, grow up in the ministry. But there comes a time, you know, you myself, I grew up that same way. And there's a lot of people um, that grow up where their parents are in ministry, or maybe they have a strong background in faith, but. I just wanted you to kind of explain how you kind of grew from just having a relationship with God through your parents into really having a genuine relationship with God and with Jesus yourself and what that kind of looked like for you.
1: Yeah, for sure. So as you mentioned, uh, I've never not known my father as a pastor. So uh, I was born practically in church in a sense, Uh, just grew up in church all of my life I can't remember a season of my life where I did not you know uh, just spend most of my weeks in church and uh, and uh, for sure I I looked up to my parents as role models in their relationship with God and in their ministry Uh, but really from a fairly young age uh, I don't remember myself but uh, my Sunday school teachers or my parents themselves, they, they'd say that they, they'd find me kind of uh, maybe in, in the church somewhere worshiping God by myself. And so I've always had that that consciousness of God. Um, but as you say, there comes a moment where you, you're not just conscious of God and, and not just you know, going through the motions with God, but you really want to have your own relationship and deepen that friendship with God. And uh, that was definitely my teenage years. Um, I just remember about when I was 16 years old, the Holy Spirit just prompted me towards that hunger for God, that that deep longing for to know Him and, and just to to really know Him as a friend and not just hearsay. And yeah, and God yeah. started to really just birth that, that passion and that hunger. Um, I remember just being in my, uh, in my bedroom and, and nights just crying out to God, okay, I want to know you. <laughs> I yeah. want to know you. And so that, that's when it started for me, about 16, 17 years old.
0: Man, and I, I remember for myself, Uh, to one time I was just like in my room by myself and my parents were pastors as well. And so I grew up in church, but there came a time where I was like, okay, God, I want to have a relationship with you myself. I don't want to have the relationship that my parents had or that my pastor has. I want my own relationship with you. And I don't want it to be like anything anyone's told me. I want to figure it out myself. And so I think that's like just such an important thing to do, um, you know, with your time with the Holy Spirit is to say, God, I want a genuine relationship with you. I don't want it to necessarily have to mirror like somebody else's relationship, but give me a genuine relationship. And for someone who feels like they don't have that, what would be your, your kind of recommendation for how do you even begin? How do you take steps towards developing that genuine relationship?
1: For sure. Uh, I, I would say that the first thing that has to happen is just that desire, that overwhelming yeah. desire in your heart that no matter what it takes, you're going to get after it and you're going to yeah. just make it your, just your every day to seek after God with everything that you have. And, and that means um, like you've said, just taking apart, time in your schedule, prioritizing, and really just saying, okay, I'm going to close the door. I'm going to get into the, into my closet. I'm going to, you know, uh, get into my secret place and I am going to develop this. And, and and that means of course, a passion for the scriptures. Um, I can still remember when God really started speaking to me for the first time through scripture. Uh, and, and and it was like something opened up with my yeah. relationship with God. I, I, I knew that I wasn't just reading stories or I wasn't just, you know, having a, a nice time getting to know about God, but I was really getting to know God and getting to know Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that yeah. also means that to have that overwhelming passion for prayer and, and, and worshiping.
0: Yeah. Man, and I, I remember myself, uh, you know, we were in prayer school for many years while we were at Bible school, and just the experience that we had in prayer was just an amazing yeah. time. And just, you know, knowing that uh, prayer isn't, isn't an obligation. Prayer isn't that's something not... that, like, you should feel like you have to do, but it's actually a true desire that's within each and every one of our hearts to spend time with God and to actually get to know His heart. And, and like you said, it's not about just knowing what God can do for us, but it's actually knowing him and wow. knowing the person of God. And, you know, that reminded me in Exodus 33, Moses, you know, he, he said something. He said, God, show me your glory. And man, when he said that, I, I actually started beginning to look into that. And like, because I'm thinking when I read that, I'm like, Moses, if anyone's seen God's glory, it's you, right? you've seen the Red Sea part, you've seen Israel delivered from Egypt, you saw bread, the manna coming from heaven. So like, if you've seen all that, why are you now asking God to show you your glory, show him your show you his glory. And so you know, I looked into that word glory, and it actually means weight. It means substance. It means essence. And so Moses wasn't saying, God, show me what you can do. Show me an amazing miracle. Show me your great power, he was saying, God, show me who you are. Show me your person. He was saying, show me your essence, show me your weight, show me your substance, show me what makes you God. And I believe that was like the ultimate cry for intimacy. He was saying, God, I I wanna have intimacy with you. And I love God's response to Moses. He said, I will let, in, in Moses' request saying, God, show me your person. He says, I'll let all my goodness pass before you. As if to tell Moses, if you want to see who I am at my very core, if you want to see what makes me God, here's my goodness. And so yeah. it says, you know, that he passed by Moses, he put him in the rock, he covered him with his hand and he passed by him. And just that like little glimpse of the glory of God that he experienced actually changed the countenance of Moses' face. It was like lit up with just seeing a glimpse of the glory of God. And so what's what's amazing to me is that now in the New Testament, as a new creation, as a child of God, we don't just have that small glimpse, that little yeah. glimpse, but Jesus is the fullness and the brightness of the yeah. glory of God. And so, you know, something, you know, having been able to teach in the healing schools and travel around just like you have and, and teach about healing, you know, if the glory of God or the person of God can actually change the physical body of Moses if just a small glimpse could light up his face and make his face bright with the glory of God imagine now what the fullness of the glory of God is doing in each and every one of us in our bodies you know if you've been dealing with sickness in your body it says that the mystery has been revealed Christ in you the hope of glory So the fullness of the glory of God is living on the inside of us and is, I believe, radiating his light into every aspect of our body. If you've been dealing with any sickness or disease in your body, it has no chance. It has no ability to withstand that glory. If just a glimpse can change the body, imagine what the fullness can do. Amen. Man, like that gets me excited just to know that Man, just a small glimpse, a small look at the glory of God that was made available to Moses can change your body. But imagine now the creator of the universe living on the inside of you and what it's doing inside of you now, right?
1: I love what you mentioned about uh, Moses crying out to God, Show me your glory. Because in that same moment, uh, God is revealing Moses, uh, he's, he's revealing to Moses his name. Yes. He's declaring his name. And, and, and obviously that, that speaks to us of, of, of his being such a personal and close and approachable God, yet so glorious, so powerful. And, and, and I love what, what you, you mentioned about the glory being that weight and, and the glory of God changing things. And I always say it this way, the power of God is in the presence of God. And, you you know, God doesn't just, send his power at a distance, right? It's yeah. not an Amazon <laughs> delivery thing. You know, he comes in with his person, his character, and his presence, and, and his presence just changes everything.
0: Yeah. Man. And I believe, too, even the the miracles, everything that we experience as a Christian and, and operating in who we are in Christ is a bro- is a byproduct of the person of God living yes. on the inside of us. And so, you know, I feel like it's a challenge for people, um, you know, are probably ourselves at one point in our walk, you know, you're thinking about uh, how can I get God to prosper me? How can I get God to work miracles through me? How can I get God to speak a specific word through me? And then it becomes the focus is really about how can I just embrace the person of God within me and let all those other things just be a byproduct of embracing the person of God within myself. And so, you know, I know you've been teaching in uh, several of the different Rama schools and in churches about the works of Jesus. And I'd kind of just like to give you the opportunity to just share a little bit about what you've been talking about. And I know you're, you're full, you're locked and loaded, ready to go. And so if you could just give everybody a kind of a glimpse into what you've been able to share and your heart behind that.
1: Yeah, so it was uh, during lockdown, the first lockdown in Italy, that I started uh, uh, teaching a full class at REMA, France. uh, But because of COVID-19 and lockdown, we were actually doing it through Zoom and and got to teach uh, on that subject for for different campuses, for the French campuses and the Swiss campuses. And uh, it's just been great because... It's really something that, that has just been burning on my heart since, just for just a very long time, since I'm a teenager. And, and, and so the class just starts out in John 14, verse 12 through 14, where Jesus, I, I like to say that he's prophesying the destiny of those who believe in him. Right? He's, he's not saying maybe this is going to happen if you believe in me. He's saying, if you believe in me you will do the works that I do and even greater because I'm going to my father. And and we see that in Jesus ministry, he never wanted what he was doing on the earth through the power of the Holy Spirit to just stay confined in his lifetime. And so he starts out reproducing himself uh, with the 12 disciples. And then he starts reproducing himself and his ministry and his works with the with the 70 and he sends them out and he says basically what i've been doing what i've been showing you the way i'm preaching the gospel and people are coming to the kingdom the way i'm healing the sick and they're being healed the way that i'm casting out demons and i'm setting people free the way that i'm cleansing the lepers the way that i'm raising the dead now it's your turn you know, during COVID-19, we had this, this phrase that the media was, uh, you know, just blasting everywhere. It was talk, they were talking about the new normality, yeah. right? the, the new normal. And, and I just took that phrase uh, for my class and I started saying that Jesus has a new normal for us. And that new normal is, is to be like Jesus, and, yeah. and to do what he did, and even greater, if we really believe it. And, and I, I just burn, really, to see other people, and, and just to see the body of Christ rise up. And, and to be like Jesus, it's our destiny. Um, I love what Paul says in Romans 8. He says that we've been destined, predestined, to be conformed to the image of his Son, to be just like Jesus. Jesus never wanted his ministry to just stop and to be at one place at one time, but he says, okay, now it's your turn. And uh, so it's just been awesome to, to teach that and, and to really see students grabbing onto that and saying, okay, I am called to be just like Jesus wherever I'm at. I mean, it's not just for the 5 ministry. Yes. I love that. Jesus said it's for anyone who believes in him, right? It's not just for a pastor. It's not just for the prophet, for the evangelist. It's anyone who believes. And and, and just to see them grab onto that and say, okay, wherever I'm at, I am called to do the works of Jesus, to be like Jesus, to think like Jesus, and to do like Jesus.
0: Man. And, you know, something that I'm passionate about and our ministry is passionate about is just people being aware that, you know, you don't have to be a five-fold minister or even have the label or, or the, the title mm-hmm. to be able to be equipped to operate in those things. And, you know, I love in Mark where he says, believers will lay hands on the sick and the sick will be made well. It didn't say the pastor. It didn't say the prophet. It didn't say the evangelist. It said the believer. And the, the believer in this situation is the people that believes in Jesus. So if you're a believer in Jesus, then you have been equipped to operate in the miraculous. You have been equipped to operate in divine healing. And not only that, but you've been equipped to uh, to operate in a love that is unconditional. And so, you know, a lot of times we think about, uh, you know, going to someone and seeing them get healed, but the, just you loving someone unconditionally can bring such a huge impact that it can actually bring healing in areas of their life and their soul and their emotions. And, you know, even going back to Exodus 33, when when God went past Moses and he just gave him a g- glimpse of that glory, I believe that we can be passing by people's life and give them a glimpse into the fullness of God just by actually allowing what's inside of us to be revealed, you know? And and so something we've been sharing a lot when, when we went to Brazil, we spent, uh, Tanner and myself, we spent about three to four months, I don't even remember how long it was, but in Brazil, and we were just sharing and encouraging people to just go ahead and take a step and start allowing what God's put on the inside of you and deposited in you to be revealed. Because it's so easy just to kind of get into our own little bubble where we're just uh, living our life or just believing God for things to improve in our life, but we never actually utilize the equipment that's been given to us. And so as someone who, uh, say they're not in a position as a pastor, maybe they're just volunteering in their church. Maybe they're just, they just go to church, maybe haven't even stepped into that position. What's something that they can do or what's the first step they can take to start operating as Christ has promised us that we're going to. Yeah.
1: The first thing I I would say is to start looking at Jesus in the Gospels. Uh, Take a look at Jesus in the Gospels and and start really just meditating on on who he is, what he's doing, how he's doing things, and, and, and to just start believing that you have what it takes. Yep. Yeah. You know, we make it so complicated and, and we make it so that it's only for the super spirituals and, and, and the ones who maybe, you know, they're, they're a bit weird, maybe in a sense, and they're eccentric. But it's it's really for, for ordinary people in their everyday lives, just meditating on who Jesus is and saying, okay, God, I am here. I'm available. Speak to me. It's, it's, it's always about that that closeness of of a relationship. The secret is always staying close to Jesus. And when you're close to Jesus and and you are just basking in that love that he has for you and that compassion that he has for the world, that's bound to just spill over. And and, and you see his heart for the world and it becomes your heart.
0: Yeah.
1: And... while you're at your job while you're at the grocery store while you're you know uh, in line at the post office you're, you're staying close in communication you're staying available to the holy spirit for him to prompt you and 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 you'll see that if you start acting out on the little things he he gives you you know it's just that little seed and yeah. and, and you start just planting those seeds and and you'll start seeing a harvest and it's amazing and 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 you you'll be surprised to see just how god's gonna do some great things in in those moments you would have never even dreamed of you know in just your own imagination and all of a sudden you think you're at the post office but really you're here you're there having a divine appointment
0: with somebody
1: who just needed that word who needed that healing who needed that love or that peace or or just needed to be set free from that, from that anxiety that they were carrying. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, man. And and something that I learned too, is just like you were talking about is being aware of what you you're carrying and your relationship with God all the time, man, if you're conscious of it, then if you are, I I truly believe this, that Jesus is the Prince of peace and he lives in me and I have his peace. And if I believe that, And I'm aware of it all the time Then I should expect that the people that are in my life or that are around me are going to be experiencing a peace that passes all understanding. They might not get it. They might not have any interpretation of it. But if they are, when they're around me, they're going to be experiencing a certain level of peace um, that they may not be able to explain. And that's because of my ability to be aware of what it is that I carry. And I believe that we can change the atmosphere of the room that we're in. I believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So if there's an anxiety in the room, the, the awareness of the peace that we carry has the ability to overturn that anxiety. And, you know, something that I learned from you, you know, I, we would just have conversations all the time, just sitting in the car, going to a coffee shop, whatever it was, is that, you know, a lot of what happens in our life as a Christian is just reciprocation to what it is that God's already done for us. And so, like you said, being in the post office or just being in the grocery store or being somewhere and and just being open to sharing the love of God because of what we've already received. And I just wanted you to kind of just share a moment about what it is that we receive from Christ and how we can reciprocate that to him and to also everybody around us.
1: Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) I think we're going to spend all of eternity... Being so aware and complete continually realizing just the immensity of, of god 's grace god's grace is so extravagant and, and and the way God gave himself in Jesus is just just so uh, there's just not enough words to really contain that
0: yeah, and,
1: yeah. and so I, I always believe like like what you said, it starts with really having that that personal encounter with God. You can't give what you don't have. And 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 once we we start filling ourselves and meditating on scripture, we just see how the generosity of God is just incredible. He's given us so much. Uh, I I love the apostle Paul in in Romans 8. He says he who did not withhold or spare his own son, how shall he not with him? give us freely all things. Uh, Peter, Peter will say that he's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And God, God has just invested himself into us. He's, there's, there's nothing left for him to give. <laughs> and, 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 and one of the things that is really pertaining to this subject, um, it reminds me of, of Matthew chapter 9, when, when Jesus, he looks at the crowds and he has compassion on them.
0: Mm.
1: And he tells his disciple, he says, "You know, pray the Lord of the Harvest that He would send laborers into the field because the workers are few, but the harvest is great." And then right after that, in Matthew chapter ten, he commissions them and he sends them out. Right. So this ministry of of, of healings and miracles and seeing God work through you, it's birthed in that compassion. Yeah. That yeah. love that God has first shown us, and that we just reciprocate to him first, we love him because he first loved us, but then it just starts spilling out to everyone around us and, and 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 the compassion that He has shown us, the mercy that He has shown us, the forgiveness that He has shown us the 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 favor and his kindness that he continually lavishes upon us becomes. Something that we just want to give over and over and over. And so for me, it really became about that moment where I realized, for real, God loves me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> not just the world. <laughs> yeah. Not just abstractly, but really personally. And encountering that love on a daily basis. And then just being compelled. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Second in Corinthians 5. Uh, verse 13, he says, we are compelled by love because Christ died for all. We realize just the immensity of what God has done for the world through Jesus and the the salvation that he has brought for the world, the cost that he paid for reconciliation with the world. and, and, And we start becoming compelled by love. You can't help just starting to walk into that love wherever
0: you yeah. are man. And you know, something I was thinking about too, is, you know, both, both you and I are married. And so we know what it's like being in love. We know that feeling of just like, man, you're just, you your heart's just like, you've got that, those butterflies, you've got everything. And like to know that God actually feels that way about me, mm-hmm. like the fact that, um, you know, I believe that God, whenever it says that just, I believe it's in the, the, uh, song of Solomon, but it talks as like, just one gaze, one look into your eye, just like ravishes my heart. Yeah. Like just to, just to know that God actually feels that way about us, like just for us to give him our attention, just for us to look upon him. But it gives him that like butterfly feeling of, man, I'm in love with you you know i care about you and now you're giving it back to me and so it's just like this completion of the relationship and you know i believe truly that you know jesus when he died on the cross it was like the ultimate proposal to all of mankind you know you know whenever you propose to someone you know your wife or my wife whenever we had to get down on the one knee and we had to propose the ring I truly believe that's what Jesus did on the cross when he was up there on the cross. It was like him getting down on one knee and proposing to the whole world and saying, you know what? I love you. I care about you. I choose you. And he was so vulnerable because when you propose to someone, you're open to them saying no. They have the opportunity to say no, but you're saying, you know what? I draw the line in the sand. I want you to know this is where I stand. When you proposed to your wife, you said, you know what? I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I want to love you. I want to take care of you. I want to be your husband. And so you proposed to her knowing she could reject you. But you still, you made a decision. This is where I am. This is how I feel towards you. And that's exactly what Jesus did for all of mankind. Whenever he went up on the cross, he says, you know what? I love you. I care about you. I choose you. I want to be with you for the rest of my life, whether you say yes or no, that doesn't change my position. And so I believe, you know, whenever he died on the cross, he was proposing to mankind. And when we said yes to him, and then it says that the Holy Spirit was given to us as a guarantee, right? Mm -hmm. As a, as a guarantee to the promise. And so I believe that the Holy Spirit is like that engagement ring. He puts that ring on you you say yes to him. He puts the engagement ring on. And now you have this promise that you're going to spend an eternity with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I, I believe that's like the ultimate love story. And, you know, I think both you and I, you know, just from having our conversations, we're probably both romantics in a sense. And I believe that God was like the ultimate romantic in that way and giving us that picture in Christ.
1: Uh, oh man. I, Totally. Uh, God made himself vulnerable. Uh, yep. I love what you said there. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul says, that the weakness of God is so strong. And, and, and God had a weakness in a sense, and that weakness was us. And, and he just wanted and just was desperate to bring us back home. And to save us from eternal hell and destruction and death and sin. And, 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 and like you said, once we we're aware of that and, and we've tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord, uh, you want to reciprocate that to other people. Yeah, You have something that you know people desperately need. It's not in yourself, of course, but
0: yeah. it, you're
1: still called to, 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 to be that vessel, to be that that light wherever you are,
0: yeah. Man, and, and you know, something you had said recently was like just knowing the love of God for yourself, not just hearing about it, but experiencing it. And something that I really had to do for myself was John three sixteen. growing up mm-hmm. in church, much like yourself, you hear it like all the time. And if you're not careful with a lot of these scriptures that you hear all the time, you'll almost become numb to them. And the only, they'll almost just be like another thing you hear and you're like, okay. But it's like the fact that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And then I I heard that all the time, but then it became different for me when I received it for myself. It's like God so loved me that he sent his only son. And then I started to truly believe that, man, if I was the only one that needed salvation, if I was the only one that needed healing, if I was the only one that needed forgiveness, if I was the only one that needed compassion, God would have still sent Jesus just to rescue me. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to know God loves other people. And as a Christian, I think sometimes we find it easier to believe, have faith for other people because yeah. we know ourselves. We yeah. know our, our faults. We, we know our weaknesses. We know our past. But it's a different thing. It becomes a new reality when you accept it for yourself. And whenever you're reading the scriptures and it becomes a reality to you is whenever you say, okay, this is for me. It's not just for the body of Christ, as, although it is for the whole body of Christ. It's for me personally. And so to be able to say that, man, God left the 99 just for me. I was the one that was lost. I was the one that was far away, but he was willing to give it all up just to get to me and man whenever you actually embrace that i remember i had mentioned it to you one time but i was just like laying in my bed one time just like meditating just thanking god for loving me and it's like i almost felt like this heavy weight upon me in the bed just like pushing me down because there was this realization there was this an awareness that man the god of all the universe that can hold the universe in his hand is with me in this room right now and he cares about me personally and whenever you receive that for yourself I think it becomes just a byproduct to share that with other people because you, you know just as well as I do when you're in love with someone you've just got a smile on your face and you, you don't even explain it people can just tell they're like oh you must see dating somebody or you must be married or you must be in love they, they can just sense it and i believe that that same byproduct that has, happens in a natural relationship is the same byproduct that happens in our spiritual relationship but also even in a more in a greater way yeah. because there's an actual anointing and a grace to, to share it to other people
1: yeah for sure you you said it correctly you people notice when you're in love yeah. Uh, it's, there's just something about that person they've got that smile they've got that look they've got that just radiance right they get into yeah. it and they know okay you guys are in love you know get married you know that that's 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 right um but then it's also like you you're in love that you you want to be intentional about showing yeah. up you know i've yeah. got to be intentional showing the love that i have for my wife on a daily basis. And, and I believe it's, it's the same in our, in our spiritual walk. We, we are in love with Jesus. We are aware of, of like what Paul says. Paul says, the son of God who loved me personally, loved me personally and gave himself for me. And now it's no longer I, but it's Christ who lives in me. And so he's living intentional because of, of the love that he's received and the love that he's reciprocating uh, to God.
0: Man, it's a, it's a powerful thing to know that the love of God for you is intentional for you, but then also it's not just something that is contained within your body. And, you know, something that I, I love is the fact that God, you know, I've heard all my life that God can hold the universe in his hand, but he's put him, his fullness on the inside of you. And so if God can hold this universe that scientifically has proven is constantly expanding all the time. Every second, the universe is growing and he can hold that in his hand, but he's found a way to put himself on the inside of you. That means that your body has no ability to keep in what it is that he's put on the inside of you. And so it's up to you and I to allow it to come out. And that comes out through our words, comes out through our actions, Even, you know, I just want to encourage people. If you don't know where to start, let me encourage you by just simply smiling at people. You know, if you see someone in the market, if you see somebody on the street, just smile at them because I believe that there's a testimony in your smile. Like Timo was talking about, when you're in love, you can see it, it's radiating from you. So when you're in love with God, there is something that just comes out through your smile. And so if you don't know where to start, if you don't know how to begin evangelizing or even sharing the love of God, what about just smiling? Because it's real easy just to default to the frown or default to just the kind of mundane face, but actually being intentional about smiling. But, you know, Timo, we're, we're about out of time, but I just wanted to, to give you an opportunity, you know, for someone who. You know, is in love with God, and they they experience the love of God, and they just want to actually start taking steps to sharing that. What would be some a couple practical steps of like how can I actually start sharing the love of God in my everyday experience?
1: Yeah, great question, and it's it's really about that. It's it's really about everyday experience, like you said it. Um, I think one of the things that uh, a lot of people maybe struggle with is that um they think it has to be this really special moment and they have to have this you know big epiphany or a vision or you know they have to have an audible voice. Um when really God has already told us what we're supposed to do and and he's simply wanting that simple obedience. And and so the way I I, I just encourage people is all right when you start seeing somebody in need don't run away from that need but ask the Holy Spirit practically okay they have that need what can I do yeah once once you you pause and you start listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit something's gonna come up it might be a a simple scripture that all of a sudden you're reminded of Uh, maybe the Holy spirit will prompt you and says, okay, why don't you go up to them and tell them that I love them or go up to them and tell them that you want to pray for them because of the need that you've seen. And, and so it's, it's basically being aware of people's needs being open to being disturbed and to being interrupted. And once you're interrupted, all right, consciously pausing, is saying Holy Spirit, here I am. What do you want me to do? And like I said, it doesn't have to be this audible voice. It doesn't have to be a vid, a, 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 you know, a vision. You, you don't have to have a word of knowledge or a prophecy. Uh, but but all of a sudden, as you pause, the Holy Spirit is going to guide you, and He's going to give you just that little step. And and and, and that's most likely what it's going to be like. It's it's usually the first thing you have to do. And once you do the little first thing, God's going to show up. Yeah, and, yeah. and what you could not imagine is going to happen. Yeah, I, I have so many stories of, of simply me saying to somebody, okay, I saw you and I see that you were in need here in this, this area. Maybe it was a, a physical need uh, of healing. Uh, maybe it's a financial need. Uh, somebody that was... You know, homeless, and and I decided to stop for that one person, and and just did what I, uh, you know, discern in my heart. The Holy Spirit wanted to do in that moment. I did it, and all of a sudden, God surprises you with His power, and He just shows up. So my my advice is is, go for it, don't yeah. wait, stop for the one, and and uh, and obey. And, and your obedience, you, you never know what's on the other side of your obedience until you do it. That's
0: so true. That's right. so true. It, if you don't
1: do it, it's never going to happen, right? So start and, and start small and, 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 and the Lord's going to guide you and he's going to take you into this process and it'll become easier and easier. It doesn't mean that you won't have to take more risks. There's always yeah. faith. There's always risk involved, there's always boldness involved, but the more you do it, the more you're familiar with the way God works through you, and, uh, and you'll just see, like I said, surprises of yeah. God's power through your life.
0: Yeah, man, so, you know, even just uh, encouraging people how to start on a small basis, you know, I remember being at coffee shops with you, and there would be someone serving us or something, and you would just be like, man, you're doing such a great job, and the people would almost look at you like kind of funny because they're used to always, people always complaining about something or, or a lot of the times the feedback people hear is always something they're doing wrong. So just anytime you can find a way to compliment somebody, yeah. you know, just find a, something that they're doing right. Even if they're doing 10 things wrong, try to find the one thing that they're doing right and compliment that because they're gonna wanna replicate that success. So if you can find one thing in somebody's life, if somebody in your life is annoying you, I just encourage you right now to find something that you can be thankful to them about in their, in their life or something they're doing, because I believe it's going to open up a whole nother door to you and, and a way for you to minister. And so it's actually really easy to begin. It, It can really start by a smile. It can start by a compliment, but just like Timo said, be open to being surprised by the Holy Spirit. Be open when you're walking down the street to him wanting to talk to somebody that he hasn't been able to talk to through somebody else. So sure. just being a, a willing, open vessel. And we believe that man, there's going to be some awesome opportunities coming your way this week as you listen to the Holy Spirit, as you allow Him to flow through you. And, and Timo, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I know that you know you're a busy man speaking all your different languages, but I appreciate you you know, making some time and sharing with people and I believe people are going to be extremely blessed by listening to what you have to say. Thank you, my friend.
1: Uh, thank you, my friend. It's uh, just an honor and uh, you are a great blessing and I believe in what you guys are doing and uh, yeah, just so, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Absolutely and we'll hope to get you back on soon and uh, man, love you. Have a great rest of your day and appreciate it. Love you too. Cheers. All right.